John chapter 3, please. John chapter 3. We have now for, I don't know how many weeks, been looking at the Gospel of John on Sunday mornings. One of the challenges to preaching through a book like this is that so many of the messages rely upon information that was given in other messages. That's very dangerous to do. So I always try and bring everybody up to speed. We're going to read John chapter 3 down through verse number 15 this morning. Let's go ahead and stand as we're able. as I hope you know by now from our study, John chapter 3, the the phrase, there was a man, God sets in contrast to John 2, 23 through 25. There's a group of people that believed on Jesus. Jesus did not commit himself unto them, but there was a man that he is about to commit great truth to, and his name is Nicodemus. Verse number 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night, said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, And thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen. And ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have have eternal life. I apologize. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for the book you've written, for your spirit. Thank you, God, for believers who down through history you have enlightened about spiritual truth, who have written their learning in books 
so that years after you have taken them to be with you, we might have a record of what you showed them. Father, this is a rich passage. There is so much in it about us and about you that we should learn. Help us, please, to be diligent in our study of it. Guide me. Enlighten me. Empower me, please, to preach your word, and then empower us to hear it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Thank you. Appreciate Brother Alan Boucher filling in. Brad was supposed to sing the bass, and he's snowed in in Norfolk. So if you visit Westwood Heights Baptist Church, you might be asked to sing. (laughs) 
We don't, we don't announce that out front, though. We <clears throat> John chapter 3 is where we are this morning. We're going to look at some Old Testament passages, and let me do a little bit of review to bring us up to speed. <clears throat> John 1, verses 1 through 18 are what is called the prologue to this book. It introduces us to really... It introduces us to a being... But at first, we're not really necessarily aware that this is a being. John 1.1 1, 1 begins, in the beginning was the word. Just the Greek word logos, it gives us our English word logo. And then God expands upon this word. That this word made the world. That this world made men. That this word is the light of men that this word came to earth, that this word was not received or accepted or comprehended by that which it made or that which was made. That this word sent a special messenger whose name was John. And he was not the word, but he was sent to preach about the word. And then finally, at the very end, we are told that this word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That this word is none other than Jesus Christ. And all throughout those 18 verses, we are being taught that there is divinity and there is humanity and they are coexistent in the same body. And that, folks, is foundational to any authentic teaching about Jesus Christ. He is not God or man. He is God and man. Then begins his ministry. And all the way through John chapter 12, he is performing what are called signs. Usually when you see the word miracle in the first 12 chapters of John, it's referring to a sign. Jesus did the sign of turning water into wine. Jesus did a sign in cleansing the temple. Jesus did many other signs when he was at Jerusalem on the feast day. People were mesmerized by the signs that he did. You know, folks, it is still very popular to see astounding things. Jesus did astounding things. And his argument was that they weren't tricks and they weren't magic and it wasn't sleight of hand, that he did them, he is God. Enter Nicodemus. Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night. And he acknowledges that God must at the very least be with this man because no man could do what he did if God were not with him. And from that ensues one of the great conversations in the Bible. Last week we read down through verse number 21. I read this morning through verse number 15 because we certainly cannot go any farther than that this morning. But also because I want to give you a piece of information that may be mentioned in your Bible that we don't really know for sure, but is worthy of our attention, if nothing else, to help us with our flow of the context. 
many Bible-believing authors, commentators, think that it was John the Apostle, not Jesus, through whom, I want to be very careful, I almost, God inspired all of the Bible. Some of that inspiration flowed right out of the lips of Jesus Christ. Some of it came right through God's Spirit through other people. Many people believe that John 3, 16 through 21 were spoken by John the Baptist as God's explanation of what Jesus had just told Nicodemus in verses 1 through 15. We don't know that it was. And if it wasn't, it isn't any big deal. It is all inspired. But one of the things that signals that shift to many people is the use of the word God in John 3.16. Because in the book of John, Jesus rarely referred to the Father as God. He almost always referred to him as the Father. My Father. In my Father's house are many mansions. I and my Father are one. Now, no big deal other than to say I'm breaking that off there. That's a great place for us to stop. Whether Jesus spoke John 3.16 or whether the Spirit spoke John 3.16, John 3.16 through 21 are an explanation and elaboration upon what Jesus is dealing with here to Nicodemus. It is possible or common for those of us who are humans to try and deal with people as gently as we can. Particularly when we're trying to explain to somebody how to be saved. So now is a good time for us to be reminded that Jesus is God. And when he talks to people, he never makes a mistake either in what he says or in the way in which he says it. So that if I read, and there are places in my Bible that I read that it sounds like Jesus is being very hard. It is not that Jesus is being very hard. It is that I as a sinner have a hard time understanding the righteousness of what he is saying. And I say all that because Jesus is kind of hard on Nicodemus. Art thou, in verse 10, a master of Israel and knowest not these things? One commentator said, well, Jesus was being tender and playful. No, he wasn't. In the first place, folks, Jesus is not a funny man. And in the second place, no way in something so serious would he be amusing. He has explained, and we talked last week about the new birth, that it was to be born from above, that it was to be born from on high, that it was to be born from on top, that it was a supernatural event, and without it, no man would see the kingdom of God. 
absolutely, positively, no man will see it without the new birth. Nicodemus is, folks, stunned by this teaching. Nicodemus is stunned. Jesus has just explained to the premier religious figure in all the world. Okay, now, let me just really stretch this. To, to try and put it into some kind of terms that will, will click in our minds. Jesus has just explained to the Pope that no man is going to see the kingdom of God without being born again. And Nicodemus is stunned. In fact, here is where we'll start this morning in verse number 9. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? It is, folks, the question that raises the possibility. What? And not to go back over all the territory, but when Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again, Nicodemus took him literally. He understood that Jesus was talking about a birth. He grasped birth because he said, am I going back into my mother's womb? How will that happen? And Jesus then explained to him not the concept of birth, but the concept of again. No, no. You must be born of water and of the Spirit. And then Jesus talked to him about the ministry of the Spirit, who like the wind is invisible, you may see only what he produces. We don't see the wind this morning, but we do see snowflakes falling at an angle. We don't see the wind, but we do see the trees and the flags moving. We don't see the Spirit. We see only what he produces. He is invisible. It is important, and I'm not saying that verse number 9 deals with this. I'm saying that the whole context, and we'll show it. You must understand that when Nicodemus poses that question in verse number 9, he does not accept what Jesus is telling him. In fact, Jesus is very clear. Nicodemus doesn't believe this. Nicodemus comes to Jesus and says, Hey, we know that God is with you. And Jesus said, Nicodemus, let me tell you something. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. What? How am I supposed to get back up into my mother's womb? No, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The wind blows where it wants. That is the way that God works. Nicodemus doesn't believe him. He doesn't accept it. He rejects it. Verse 10, Jesus says to him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Now look, folks, I mean, really, we're kind of at a crossroads. Either we accept the notion that this is playful banter, in which case, what do we do with it? Oh, Jesus made a funny. Or we accept it for what it appears to be a rebuke of the most highly trained, highly respected, well-studied religious teacher in all of the world.
Jesus is rebuking him. That Nicodemus didn't understand certain things. Which is where we're going to park for a little bit this morning. What did Jesus expect Nicodemus to know? And by extension, folks, what does he expect you to know? What does he expect you to know about this notion of being born again? What does he expect you to know about seeing the kingdom of God? Well, Jesus said in verse number 6, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And Jesus expected Nicodemus to understand that. Do you understand that? You understand that, don't you? You understand that it is not possible to take two different, completely different species of animals and breed them to produce another animal. You understand that, right? You understand that it is not possible to take a horse and an ear of corn and produce a horse that is covered in corn. You understand that. Now, we could just go on all day about being funny and goofy with that, but I'm not trying to be funny or goofy. You understand that. You understand that there is no way to breed plant life and animal life and get any kind of life. You know that it is not possible. Scientists tell us that someday they might find it. But you know that it is not possible to take a mammal and breed them to a fish and get something that is a mammal and a fish. You know that that which is born of flesh is flesh. You know that if you take tomato seeds, you get tomato plants. You know that. So here's the question that is undergirding all of this conversation when Jesus then begins to talk in Nicodemus. Nicodemus, you know that. You live in an agricultural world. You know that you can put sheep and cows in the same pen, but the sheep will breed only with the sheep, and the cattle will breed only with the cattle, and that's all you'll ever get. You know that, Nicodemus. You know that. When you harvest your barley field, And next year you plant barley seed, you'll get barley. You know that, Nicodemus. How is it, Nicodemus, that you do not understand that nothing flesh will ever produce anything spiritual? By the way, can I just interject this here? Yes, I guess I can. Some of you that are genuinely born again don't understand that. Because you're always attributing successful Christianity to strong flesh. Well, what you just need is character. No, you don't. What you need is the fruit of God's Spirit. Character is simply the flesh taking a whip to the flesh. And folks, that which is flesh is flesh. 
Jesus expected that Nicodemus would not be surprised by the notion that it would take a different kind of birth to create that which could see the kingdom of God. And there are lots of people who don't see the kingdom of God. It never crosses their mind. They can't envision every part of it. They can't see the value of it. They don't understand what the big deal is. Why would anybody go to church? And who cares about the Bible? And who believes all that stuff? And it's no marvel, folks. They've never been born into a creation that can see that. How would they get it? It is no more ludicrous that an, a, an unbeliever doesn't understand the kingdom of heaven that an earthling doesn't understand what it would be like to live on Mars. Now let me, I'm, I'm going to just read through some references. If you want to try and turn to them, that's fine. I'll give you the reference, but I'm not going to, I've got them right here in my outline, so I'm just going to read them. We won't wait for everybody to turn to them. But here is a man. He is the master in Israel. A student of the Old Testament scriptures, memorized great portions, taught this book, was sought out by people from all over Israel. If there was a religious question, Nicodemus was the man who could give you the answer. And here are some verses that he had read. Nicodemus, for instance, had read Jeremiah 13, 23 in which God posed this question, can't the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots? Then may ye also do good that are accustomed to do evil. Nicodemus should have read that. Nicodemus should have known that it was as unnatural and impossible for an evildoer to do good as it was for a leopard to change his spots. Here's a verse Nicodemus should have known. Jeremiah 17, 9, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? How sadly humorous we must be when God hears us say, Well, I know my heart. How tragically sad it is when we tell people to follow their heart. My heart has lots of desires. None of them are good. The heart is deceitful above all things. My, my own heart lies to me about what is good for me. My own heart is desperately wicked. My own heart is such a liar and is so deceitful that it is not possible for me to come into knowledge of it. I can't even begin to grip how evil my own heart is. Nicodemus had that verse. Nicodemus had the 51st Psalm, the great heart cry and confession of David after his adulterous affair with Bathsheba, create in me a clean heart, O God. Nicodemus had Jeremiah 31, 33 in which God said, This shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the law, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they will be my people. 
And as he said that, Israel had God's law on a couple of pieces of stone. And God said through Jeremiah, I'm going to put it on their hearts. And Nicodemus had that passage. He had read. He had read those words. Nicodemus had Ezekiel 11:19, which God said, I will give them one heart and will put a new spirit within you, and I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and will give them a heart of flesh. Nicodemus had 36:26, a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Nicodemus had those Old Testament verses that had he really thoughtfully considered them would have led him to the conclusion that God was talking about something that men could not produce. I don't think that Jesus rebuked Nicodemus because he didn't understand the intricacies of the new birth Jesus rebuked Nicodemus because he didn't believe that something supernatural had to happen to him. Now Jesus has already anticipated this. Because in verse number 7, he says to Nicodemus, Marvel not that I said unto thee. Remember, we've talked about this a lot, folks. Jesus hears our words. And I didn't mean to imply that he doesn't listen to our words. But all the while I'm talking to Jesus, he is looking at my heart. So when Nicodemus comes to him and says, You know, we know you're a great teacher. Jesus is going in his mind. Yeah, but what you really want to talk about is the kingdom of God. So let me tell you about it. And as Nicodemus is listening to Jesus talk about the new birth and that which is flesh is flesh, he finally says to Nicodemus, now don't be surprised at this. Because Nicodemus is surprised, folks. He is astounded by this. When what Nicodemus should have said was, oh, now I get it. I've read those verses and read those verses and I've wondered how is it going to be that you are going to put your law in my heart and how is it you're going to take my heart of stone and how is it that you're going to... I should have known, now I get it. Instead he went, no, no, no. And folks, that is exactly what he's doing. He is going, no, no. Which is why we have verse number 11 and 12. What Jesus is doing in verses 11 and 12 is appealing to Nicodemus to trust him. Verse number 11, verily, verily, which means true. This is true. This is true. I am telling you the truth. I am telling you the truth. We speak that we do know and testify that we have seen And we need to look at that a little bit because what does that mean? Three times in John, between John 3.1 and 3.11, Jesus has started a teaching with that statement, verily, verily. 
Verily, verily, I say unto you, verse number three, you must be born again. Verse number five, verily, verily, I say unto you, you must be born of water and the Spirit. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak. Now, who is the we? And the answer is, folks, that we don't know. Is the we Jesus and John the Baptist? We don't know. Is the, is the we Jesus and the Father and the Spirit? We don't know. Is the we Jesus and the Trinity and the apostles that are there and John? We don't know. What we do know is this. This is what Jesus is saying. We speak. Let me just expand upon this. We speak about things that we do know and we testify about things that we have seen. Jesus is not saying here, I'm just telling you these things. Jesus is explaining to Nicodemus that he is telling him things that have happened and that he has seen. This is truth. I, we are testifying to you about things that we have heard. And we are testifying to you about things that we have seen. Jesus is arguing that Nicodemus has received multiple witnesses. Whoever the we is, the we is set in opposition to Nicodemus. We have spoken. We have testified. Maybe Jesus is talking about himself in the Old Testament scriptures. We testify. We speak. But here is how he concludes. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. Now folks, one of the things that we're always going to be doing in the Gospel of John is going back to the first 18 verses of the first chapter. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Nicodemus, I'm telling you the truth. We are telling you things that we have seen. We are telling you things that we have heard, and you will not take them. That is what Jesus is saying. Ladies and gentlemen, there are people just like Nicodemus sitting in this room this morning. They sit in this room every Sunday morning. They have heard it. They could regurgitate it. They could give the plan of salvation, but they will not take it for themselves. That is what Jesus is doing to Nicodemus. And he is God. I throw it out as a speculation about what I assume to be true about some people. Jesus looks Nicodemus in the eye and says, this is true of you. I am telling you the truth and you won't take the truth. I am telling you what we've seen and I am telling you what we've heard and you will not accept it. 
All through this conversation, folks, Nicodemus is an unbeliever. There is no point in John 3 that we're aware of where Nicodemus believes this. So here is a fascinating scenario. To go back into John chapter 2, a group of people believed on Jesus and he wouldn't commit himself unto them. But there was a man of the ruler of the, a man of the Pharisees, a ruler of the Jews named Nicodemus, and to him Jesus would commit himself. And he talked to this man, 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 and this man would not receive his word. And Jesus finally then in verse number 12 poses this question. If I have told you earthly things and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Well, then this begins the quest for what are the earthly things. And it seems pretty simple, folks, that the earthly things are two birth and wind because that's what Jesus has been talking about that which is flesh is flesh you must be born again the wind bloweth where it listeth or where it wants Nicodemus is unwilling at this point to accept the most basic truths Things that can be illustrated from the visible, natural world. What do we say, folks? What do we say to people who will look at a hurricane or a tornado or an earthquake and not believe that there's a God that had anything to do with it? What are we supposed to then say to those people I mean, here is divinity. Here is the Lord Jesus Christ posing this question to a religious man. If I'm talking to you about things like birth and like wind, and you won't believe me, how in the world will you believe me if I start talking to you about things that have no earthly correlation? For instance, verse number 13. And no man hath ascended... Up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And we're going to come back to that. Now there's a statement for you, folks. There's a heavenly thing. Nicodemus, I'm telling you that in order to get into the kingdom of God, it's going to take on a spiritual level what it takes on a physical level it's going to birth, and you're going, no, no, no. And I'm telling you, Nicodemus, that God's spirit is just like the wind. And you don't believe that. You won't believe that. And if you won't believe that, how am I supposed to talk to you about earthly or about heavenly things? So Jesus throws out a couple of heavenly things, but the reality are, folks, that he doesn't really elaborate on them at all. Verse number 13 is a claim by Jesus Christ that he has divine authority. 
Notice how he phrases it. No man. That is a claim of exclusivity. This has happened to no one else. No one else can make this statement. Now, wait a minute. We're going to come across, as I'm reading this, those of us that have some knowledge about the Old Testament are going to know that there are people that have gone up. We're going to be in our minds thinking about men like Enoch and men like Elisha. Because here's what Jesus said. No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. Even the Son of Man, which is in heaven, which is emphasizing, folks, that heaven is his normal abode. Earth was a trip. Earth was a short-term stay. We testify that we have seen. We testify that we have heard. Well, how can you talk about what you have seen and heard? Because I was there to see it and hear it. And that's not true of any other man. This is, folks, a claim of divine authority. He's not talking about Enoch being hauled off to heaven or Elisha being carried away in a fiery cart. This is talking about his origin, his eternality. It is, by the way, an indirect claim to be the fulfillment of Daniel 7.13. I saw one like the Son of Man come to the Ancient of Days. What Jesus was really starting to do in verses 13, 14, and 15 is begin to explain to Nicodemus that he is the power for this new birth. Verse 14, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. That is a reference taking us back to Israel's wandering for 40 years in the wilderness. And the people murmured and the people complained and God sent fiery serpents among the people and the serpents began to bite them and they began to die. And God finally said to Moses, have Aaron make a serpent out of brass and put it on a stick and put it up in the air and let everybody look at it and anybody who will look at it will survive. And they did. And now Jesus, going back centuries, says, just like that, so I must be lifted up. that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Nicodemus, you need to be born from on high. What? Back into my mother's womb? No. No. Born of water and of the Spirit. And I'm telling you, I have the authority to tell you that no man, no man can do that. But he that ascended and descended, and that is me, and I was there, and I will be crucified. And it all comes down to me, and folks, it always all comes down to Jesus Christ. Let me make just some <clears throat> comments to you this morning in closing. 
cautions and applications. Number one, it is totally possible to have a lot of intellectual knowledge about religion and miss the necessity of the new birth. Being religious won't get you to heaven. If being religious would get somebody to heaven, Nicodemus would have gone. Secondly, folks, understand that recognizing your need for something supernatural really isn't all that complicated. Anybody who understands that roses bring forth roses should understand that no flesh can bring forth something spiritual. Getting baptized, sprinkling water on a baby, joining a church, teaching Sunday school, going to a Christian school, having a Christian mom and dad, having Christian grandparents, having a grandfather that was a preacher or a grand great-grandfather that was a preacher, having a long, no religious action or instruction is enough. Every man must be born again. Flesh never brings forth flesh. Understand that this new birth is possible only through Jesus Christ. It cannot be obtained any other way. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Understand, folks, that Jesus is willing and will rebuke our false ideas about what's right religiously. Jesus is not afraid of hurting our feelings. Do you understand that? He is not afraid of hurting our feelings. He, I think the Bible doesn't say, but I'm guessing he looked Nicodemus right square in the eye when he talked to him. And said, I can't believe you're surprised by this. You ought to know better. Understand, folks, finally this. <clears throat> the problem isn't our human ability to grasp the concept. It is our unwillingness to believe what Jesus is saying. Nicodemus understood born. Nicodemus rejected the truth that he needed to be born again. He would not receive it. Which literally has the idea of taking it to himself. He would not take that and go, that's me. He would not say, oh, I get it. And you mean me. I Nicodemus, the great Bible teacher of Israel, I must be born again. He wouldn't do that. Now, do we think he did? We think he did. But he didn't do it there. I wonder how many of us have heard it, could explain it, could talk about it, but have never really received it. Let's pray this morning.